Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And we coming from a basement to your headphones. Barely even know who we are, but changing the unknown. Thank you for downloading the Podcastianos. Now here are your hosts, Jordan Hall and Eric Wayne. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Podcastianos presented by Moots Pizzeria and Bar. My name is Jordan Hall, and I'm joined as always by a man who isn't so old that he can't stay up for the West Coast games. It's Eric Wayne. Eric, what's up? That's only a half truth. So uh, one of the games I did stay up for all the way, powered by coffee and just, you know, hatred for the A's. But I I did do the old man thing where I got a little, you know, a little appetizer, a little little snore d'oeuvre where I, I slept and then I watched the end of the game and then I went back to sleep. So I got I'm old man. I got to press you man. on this. Why do you hate the A's? Who could possibly hate the A's? They're so vanilla. I don't know. They they're fine, I guess. I I don't I don't really hate them. That's good. So let's I want to zoom in on this coffee thing. As as all the listeners know, I'm, I'm a big coffee guy, but I almost you are, yeah. I never drink it after like 5:30 for fear that I won't be able to sleep. You drink coffee in the evening, sleep wake up again and sleep again that I feel like I would have no chance of making that happen. No, I could drink coffee all the time. Now, usually I'm having a adult beverage in the evening. So it evens out. All right. That that's uh, welcoming the Sandman even a little, a little sooner. But if I have coffee, at least I have a fighting chance. Yeah. That that makes sense. Staying awake. Yeah, it only took a couple weeks for the West Coast to just completely drain our morale and basically steal our souls as a team. Uh, so do you do you like staying up for the late games? I, there is a certain peacefulness to it. Like everything is done for the day. Uh, I'm not chasing anything. I can just enjoy the game and I can enjoy the Twitter banter and it can just be its own thing. Like the seven o'clock games, usually there's more going on in my case. I'm, you know, kids putting kids to bed, cleaning up dinner. Uh, You know, there's chores. Maybe I want to mow the lawn. You know, there's a lot going on. The West coast games are a pure 
baseball experience. I agree. And it, for me, it's very similar to like a seven 30 kickoff for, for soccer. Like there is nothing else yes. going on. Yep. I'm sure maybe your kids are up at seven 30, but in my house, like when I wake up at seven 30 for a game, there, there's nothing going on. I have my coffee. coffee I watch yep. the game. I'm on Twitter, you know, talking it up with Manx across the world. But yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's an interesting. You're calling yourself Manx? As in people from Manchester? Yeah. They call themselves Manx, like man, man. They're not Manus. No, because half the city doesn't pull for that team. (laughs) We, we, there's a, there's big news in the world of soccer, dumb, isn't there? There is huge news. Do you have a hot, uh, this is a baseball podcast, but can you give me a 15 second soccer hot take? Uh, so do you want me to explain to the listeners what, what is going on? In yeah, a, but okay. don't take a lot of time doing it. <laughs> so imagine that. So let's, let's take college football, for example. Imagine that all the best teams from the SEC, like Bama, LSU, et cetera, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, uh, USC, Texas, all of these teams are like, screw it. We're not going to play in the Big Ten, Big 12, et cetera. Instead, we're only going to play each other, and we're going to make a lot more money doing it. That's not totally accurate because they would still play it's like i'm gonna play in my big 10 schedule on the weekends but i'm not going to do the bcs and i'm gonna play the other big teams on wednesdays but there's been talk of of fifa the the domestic allowing them to play in the domestic leagues which would be which would be killer for the domestic leagues because nobody would care about a league without the top six teams in england all right we're getting too far into the weeds here um do you like it I'm not smart enough to know the ramifications yet. The I, conventional wisdom is everybody hates it. It's hard to ignore the fact that every week you're going to get those big 16 teams playing against each other, though. Like, that is, from somebody who doesn't understand the trickle-down, what it's going to do to everything, I can... So you're suckling at the teat of big soccer. Uh, I suppose I am. Which I feel like I'm, I'm usually very against. But not having a rooting interest in a Burnley or a Crystal Palace, like, or a Newcastle, it's hard Excuse for me, me to understand exactly what it's going to do to those teams. All I know is that United is going to be playing Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern, obviously getting destroyed by these teams every week, and I don't hate that. So you're just la- you're diminishing all the Central Michigan, Akron, Toledo fans among us. You're just pooing on them saying you're, you're not important. Yeah, I guess I am. I guess <laughs> I, I hadn't really thought about it like that, but I mean, okay, I, I okay. don't, I don't pull for Akron or central Michigan. I pull for Michigan and, and man United. Like I, I don't want bad things to happen to other people's sports fandom, but I'm seeing a hard time, uh, seeing you're how like that the guy, me. you're like the guy who likes the Lakers and you know, the Cowboys you're, you're the Justin Bieber of sports fans. Your front front runner front is what runner. they call yeah. them. I it, the the crazy thing is is when I picked United, I knew nothing about them other than that Wayne Rooney overhead kick, and I'm like, all right, yeah. that that's my team, and it just happened that I picked essentially the Yankees. Which looking back, I might have gone a different direction, but here we are. All right. Okay. Speaking we of for that. speaking of different direction, uh, I saw this headline and I thought we probably should discuss this on the show uh, this week, and I quote. Scientists have described a dinosaur's butthole in exquisite detail. <laughs> How else could you describe one? It's always exquisite. So when a dog-sized, all right, this is this is my dinosaur pronunciation, 
Sitakasaurus was living out its days on Earth. It was probably concerned with mating, eating, and not being killed by other dinosaurs. It would never have even crossed its mind that 120 million or so years later, scientists would be peering intensely up its behind. Apparently, so summing this up, apparently, have you heard of the, the word cloaca? It's a catch-all yeah. hole used for peeing, yeah. pooping, mating, and lean, laying eggs. And apparently, we've we as the scientific community, we're like, cure cure COVID and cancer? No, no, no. I'm good on that. Let's look up the butthole of a bunch of dinosaurs. So apparently, we've done a lot of research, and uh, this is loosely summing up the article because I'm not a scientist. But it sounds like dinosaurs are loosely got it <laughs> a little bit closer to reptiles than maybe we first thought. So that's that. Uh, um, don't birds have this feature too? Yes. Like okay. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, other this is another quote from the article. Other paleontologists will now look for fossilized buttholes to try to fill <laughs> the gaps in our understanding of dinosaur life. Um, so this wasn't from like the Wall Street Journal, but I, I thought that what this, kind of publications are you reading? I can't remember. What. Dinosaur Butthole Weekly. I, I, I'm sure I saw it on Twitter. That's where I consume 100 percent of my news from. Uh, what kind of dinosaur butthole is your favorite? Well, see, I'm a big triceratops guy. Because a little bit? I, I, I like to be contrarian. Yeah. Everybody likes the T-Rex. T-Rex is the man you of dinosaurs. So tri- I'm not going there. Triceratops is Newcastle? Absolutely. All right. Yes. What is a stegosaurus? Who, who is, who, what club is a stegosaurus? Stegosaurus is like, um, stegosaurus would be like, chel- no, I would say... Yeah, maybe Chelsea. All right. So here's here's a hot take. You actually asked me for a, a, a hot take on, on the European Super League. This is what I have a hot take on. People are always so fearful. Dinosaur buttholes? No, it's, I mean, dinosaur related, but I, I've moved past the buttholes at this point. <laughs> so people are always so fearful of dinosaurs because of Jurassic Park. But, like, there's lions and tigers and stuff that if you get too close to them, it's going to be a problem for us now. Like most yeah. dinosaurs were pretty chill, including your your boys, the brontosaurus. Like, I think we'd be fine. You know what I find fascinating is that the biggest creature that has ever existed on this planet is alive right now. The megalodon. The the, the <laughs> they live. They live. Nessie. Um, the blue whale is the largest creature to exist or to have ever existed. And we are, we are alive to witness it. I think that's something. Yeah. We should all go on a blue whale watching tour so that we can, we can feel in tune with that. Have you ever seen one in person? No, but I I don't think they do many like tricks or anything. Like, can't you just go like watch a water tower or something and get a similar experience? The Ipsy water tower? Sufficiently a big thing. No, that's, that's, that's not, not what we're after uh have, have you ever been to that dinosaur park off of four in like nearby lakeland no but i've driven past it like they have the big fiberglass dinosaurs i mean it's like a madame tussauds but for for dinosaurs yeah. um how would you feel in that place at night fine i feel like i i i've told whitney this a million times because we drive by it all the time I would be weirded out to my core to be in that place after dark. Like I can't, I almost can't picture a more terrifying situation than that. They're fiberglass. They're not real. Well, I'm 
mentally, I know that in the heat of the moment, it feels like it's something that could get on top of me. It, my, the scariest thing for me late at night would probably be a cocktail party where you have to talk to the people. That sounds terrible at any hour. Yeah. yeah. Give me the fiberglass dinosaurs. Don't give me pretentious cocktail party. I don't want that. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can on Twitter. I am at hosted by Jay Hall. Eric is at Eric Wayne's brain. And the show is at podcastianos, facebook.com backslash podcastianos. And we would love it if you would take the time to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, or whatever platform you're listening to the show on. And please, somebody, just, just leave us a review. The last one up there says, I can't remember exactly what it says, but it's vaguely negative. So maybe just somebody put another one on there so that the most recent one isn't like, meh, they're fine. We haven't got one since Corona hit, I don't think. Yeah. So it's fine. Of course, the show is brought to you by Moots Pizzeria and Bar in downtown Detroit. Looking for a bite before or after the game? Check out Moots Pizzeria and Bar located on Library Street. Eric, I want to before we get back to the read, I want to tell you about this. We got our um, land tax bill. Is that that's a thing, right? Like because because we own property the property tax. Property tax. There we go. Tax bill. We're getting charged a hundred and thirty some bucks every like every six months because of a library how do we opt out of this crap i don't need access to a library no. there's a you thing go called get the your internet. money's worth no i'm not you gonna cave do that. man go learn all those book jockeys anyway so moots pizzeria great pizza also helping me get out of that charge it's in the heart of detroit it's one of the motor city's hottest restaurants and the only authentic new york pizzeria in the city i love the truffled bumblebee appetizer and nana's meatballs because they're amazing meatballs. Or if you're feeling generous, try splitting one of their specialty pizza with friends. Check out mootspizzeria.com to view the entire men menu. And remember, Moots validates your parking for two hours when you park in the Z-Lot. Be sure to tell them Jordan and Eric sent you. Check out their food and a book. Or just the food. I'm Blaine Hardy, and you're listening to the podcast, Giannos. It was another very typical week for our young, developing Tigers. We absolutely crush three very solid starting pitchers, then struggle? Would you say that's a strong enough word against the electric arms of Sean Manaya, Frankie Montez, Cole Irvin, and Chris Bassett? It needs a stronger word. It needs falling on your face and then tumbling down some stairs and then having a dinosaur land on you. Cloaca first. Cloaca first. Yeah, it was it was bad. I can't believe the Latin the, the Latins didn't come up with a word for that exact phrase. I feel like there's all the kinds Germans of... might have. The Germans would be all over that. <laughs> so which series from last week did you enjoy more? Oh, my goodness. Uh, so isn't it a study of highs and lows? The banter on Twitter after Houston was like, oh, we're here now. We're good. We're a good team. Imagine all these pieces are coming together. Uh, Wilson Ramos is going to lead the league in home runs. Uh, our young pitchers are are are, are destroying. Uh, Akil Badu is for real, and everything was hugs and rainbows. And then we took that delayed late night flight to Oakland. And everything went away. We couldn't score a run. Couldn't score a run. We hit a buck eighty-five as a team in the series and struck out forty-two times, uh, which that that's not great. 
Um, I, I texted you this. I'm starting to think that Renato Nunez by himself isn't actually going to save the offense. Who knew? Yeah, who knew that, you know, him taking the place of Miguel Cabrera, a Hall of Famer, wasn't just going to, you know, instantly provide all everything we needed, right? So, um, so hear me out here. We'd call up a guy from the taxi squad and yes. immediately stick him into the cleanup spot and yes, then hit him there repeatedly. Yeah. That should give you pause. You can't tell me it's necessarily the wrong move. Oh, no, it's not. I feel like that's that's the overarching bigger issue. This isn't some, you know, academic blunder or something like that. I mean, we just don't have anybody better. So Nunez went 1 for 12 in the series. Scope went uh, 0 for 10. And your boy Akil went 0 for 11 with eight strikeouts. I was going to say a lot of strikeouts. This, I mean, this is just the progression of of a young, struggling team. So... I think that we're going somewhere. I, I genuinely think that we're finally going in the right direction, but these are, these weeks are going to happen. I, I feel like we're going to have this same discussion, yeah. like seven more times. The only other discussion we'll have was probably be like, Holy crap. We just lost six games last week, but this, I, I feel like we need to focus in on individual performances and individual mm-hmm. progressions so that we are not overloaded with, you know, one step forward, two step back over the course of the season, because honestly, that that's probably what it's going to be. So you want us to admire the impressive decoration on a sinking ship? Yeah, I would say so. But the, <laughs> but the thing is, is it's sinking now to rise to higher waves later, I mm. think. It's the phoenix of boats. Yes, the firebird. Yeah. Be back. Let's talk about one of them. Willie Castro starting to show some signs. Had four hits in that series, only struck out four times, which for him is moving in the right direction. Uh, obviously, I'm a, I'm a big Willie, <laughs> big Willie guy. Um, big Willie style. Big Willie style. Uh, are you feeling? Are you feeling the Willie? Uh, like, <laughs> answer the question. No, no. I don't, I don't know if I'm feeling the willy or not. How do you know if, how do you know if you're feeling the willy? I feel like it's the kind of thing you just know. You just know it in your, in your heart. If you're feeling the willy, uh, he's batting a cool two thirteen on the year, but he was hitting or one ninety like a week ago. He has, let's see, he's walked three times. How many strikeouts? Do you think Willie Castro has? Uh, 19. You, 16. That's We don't have anybody close to even approaching half as many walks as strikeouts, except for one Robbie Grossman. Obviously. The, I don't, I don't know, the Robert of walks. We need to come up with a nickname for him or something. The Archduke. I, Archduke of pedestrians. The Greek, he's not the Greek god of walks like Eucalyptus, but um, no, okay, back to Willie Castro. He shows flashes, right? Just it's like everything else in the club, it's something to dream on. He shows flashes, you can kind of convince yourself, and then all of a sudden it just evaporates into nothing. And you're like, why did I ever think this guy was a thing? I'm gonna pose a question to you <sighs> Have we ever seen anything from Willie Castro? That's better than the highlight of what we've seen from Nico Goodrum. 
What? Say that again. Have we seen a higher high from Willie than we've seen a highest high from Nico? Yes, maybe. I mean, he was, he was pretty good last year, but there was yeah. a stretch, not last year, but the year before that Nico was probably the best player we right. had offensively. Right. I'm starting to like, you know me, I, I'm, you're I'm, a big, I love, you're feeling, you've been feeling the Willie more than any of for us for a long time. I'm starting to get, uh, I don't, I don't want to say Nico vibes from him. I'm starting to get Marwin Gonzalez vibes from him. How about that? You know, Anything, any viable big league player is really kind of a success, isn't it? I would say so. Uh, so I wanted to talk this week about how I'm starting to be alarmed by the lack of support from the supporting cast. As I was deconstructing, and I mean, obviously, we all, we all know what I'm talking about. And as I was deconstructing that in my mind, do we have anybody that isn't actually just supporting cast? Do we have any, like, main cast like it's Jamer, right? Like there, there is no other. Jamer's the main only guy cast. you can make a make a make a case for, right? It's wild. I mean, How are we? I mean, Miggy was hitting one ninety, but we're we're one injury away from having one legitimate threat in the lineup. You know, the NBA always puts like one guy on their little promos. Come see LeBron James and the Cavaliers. So who do you put? And I, the only the Tigers promos that I've seen have said. Come see Jamer Candelario and the Tigers. I'd be like, nah, like, dog, I'm good. That's what that's what we have. Like, that's our that's our main guy. To give Jamer his due, Jamer has actually been very good this year. He's already accrued half a half a win in in terms of WAR, uh, slugging yep. 410, 295 bat. Like, Jamer's actually He's been good. very good. I'm He's starting good. to think that this and is this is more than this year too. His year last year and I mean he's he's compiling a, a strong foundation where you say uh, okay this guy kind of gets it now. That being said, I still don't know that he's better than like a 6 hitter on a good team. Well, that's true. We need to find more good. Where are we going to find more good players? Because like you say, this is a good supporting cast. This is, uh, you know, at the beginning of the year, I, I joked about this being that one aisle at the end of Aldi where you just like put <laughs> an assortment of things together and you just buy whatever you want. And those are the free agents that we, we got. And I still feel that way. Like this is an amalgam of just odds and ends that we're trying to make something out of you you need those two or three core players and it's got to be somebody like Torkelson and Riley Green those guys have to come up and be perennial all-stars you if if we're going to be good again i mean you can buy some free agents you can use money money will make you better i don't know that we're going to but you can you, you can't use money exclusively to be good you need a couple anchors and there's nobody on the big league club right now besides maybe Badu who is going in Candelaria, who's going to be that anchor. But even in Candelaria, you got to resign him. Yeah. I want to, I want to walk back my, my Willie Castro. Uh, I mean, uh, let me take it back. Mize, Mize and Scooble. I yeah, mean, of course. Let's... Yeah. But... Just talking offense here. And I want to walk back my Willie Castro uh, slander. I'm, I'm still in on Willie Castro. Like that, that's still my guy. Um, but it's been a rough, what has it been? Three weeks. Uh, I do want to jump to your boy, Akil Badu. Yeah. He set yeah. the world on fire in spring training, his yeah. batting eye, his home runs. He came out doing basically something different every single game. That was amazing. He's starting to turn. My question for you as, as, an, as a, an Akil guy, 
is it midnight on him? And what, what does midnight look like for a kill? Uh, so here's, here's my take on him. Um, but yes, just to echo your sentiment, it's been a study in contrast. As soon as the Tigers put out that you could buy his jersey online, that was the the turning point. Of course. That's when uh, the carriage turned into a pumpkin a little bit. But I will, I believe that this is, you know, the comparison's been made to Chris Shelton. I don't believe he's Chris Shelton. Uh, he is uh, toolsy. He's got he can he can uh, catch the ball he can throw the ball defensively his now he's got he's got all these strikeouts right now but i f- i feel like he was trying to uh, you know, I made this joke uh, how can we carry Akil Badu all year and then it was how can Akil Badu carry us all year i felt for a while like he in this little stretch like he's trying to carry the tigers he's it's almost like he's trying to much. live up to the legend yes. of Akil Badu yeah he does not once he settles in and realizes that he does not have to do that his plate approach that we saw in the spring and early in the year was excellent i don't think you need to reteach him plate approach i think he just needs the mindset and a little nudge to say hey you need to work accounts you do you you be the best that you can uh you know have that good approach at the plate i think he'll be fine um but his swing is strong. He can hit, he can hit for some power and he's got the rest of the things to be an asset for the club. Even, okay. Let's say he hits 200 for a week or two. You can, you can carry that with the other tools and things that he can bring the speed, the defense. And then some weeks he's going to hit 350 for you. It's he's young. You're just going to have that, that high and low and he's in a low right now. I I'm convinced he will come back and hit though again. So if he's a stock, you're for sure buying. Oh yeah. He, he, I'm, this is like three months ago, Dogecoin. I'm loading up. I'm loading up. Yeah, definitely. And you dog said, coin, Dogecoin. Dogecoin. Are you, coin. Do, okay. Yeah. 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 yeah like you to said, the moon. The, to the moon. To the like you say, we can carry a guy with tools that's hitting 200 for a couple of weeks because we're doing it with a bunch of other guys who don't yeah. have those additional tools. What are you going to call? What are you going to get Derek Hill to do that for you? So he's good at hitting a buck fifty. Here's a, a mental exercise for you: who you can only have one going forward, uh, and maybe even just for the rest of this year, him or Jacoby Jones. Who is a better player now, and obviously long term? Wow. I mean, it's him, right? Wow. By by a mile. I don't know about it by a mile. Uh, Jacoby has more experience. That doesn't. But that hasn't translated into anything. I, I this is. I'm not going to say a name because I don't know his name. But this is a funny story. Like we were down in Florida and we were on this fishing trip, and um, what, somebody in our group was talking about baseball and how we are we talking about how we're from Michigan and the guy next to us on the boat is like oh yeah one of my good friends my high school friend uh, plays for the Tigers and my brother-in-law is like oh who who is it Jacoby Jones oh I don't know who that is hey Eric do you know who Jacoby Jones is and I'm kind of like yeah I do. I pretty much all the tigers for the last 10 years or 15 years. I know who they are. So I chat with the guy a little bit and he's like, Oh yeah, he's from Mississippi. And yeah. How, and he brings it up. How about that? Akil Badu? Cause it was like three games into the season. So we chat, this is Jacoby Jones, high school teammate. And we're chatting about Akil Badu and how, 
and how good he is. And, you know, it's funny that you brought up this question because it reminds me of that conversation. It's just Akil is probably more exciting, more promising. He's younger. And, you know, this is a bad streak for him. But we've seen Jacoby have these bad streaks too. I would, I still would be more excited about having Badu right now. I've seen more from Badu in what three weeks than we have from Jacoby in all these years. Like, well, Jacoby can get on a power streak too, where he can hit you some bombs. I mean, he can, but he he is severely limited in in ways that Akil is not. Right. And I yeah. don't. I don't even think that it's a too small of a sample size for with Akil to say that. Now, let's not go crazy and say, oh, Akil Badu is way up here and Jacoby Jones no. is down here. I mean, that's not the case. Jacoby Jones is probably still a currently better baseball player than Akil Badu. Yeah, if we're talking MLB but, the show ratings, Akil's like a yeah. 71 and Jacoby's like a 69, which I'm sure he would enjoy. Who doesn't? Who wouldn't? Uh, uh, so, yeah, but... Jacoby has, he's a major league veteran now, right? He knows, he knows how the travel goes. He knows when you got to show up. He goes, he knows the attitude. He knows when not to argue with the umpires and Akil Badu is figuring all that out right now. But I, I still str- expect like that. all of those things are just like what you get showing up to your job repeatedly. None of those things really impact it when it comes to actually doing your job to an appropriate or successful degree. I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm too out on Jacoby. I just, uh, I don't know. I might be out on Jacoby. Uh, speaking of Jacoby. So I was going back to how none of the supporting cast are doing anything. Reyes, Jacoby, Nunez, scope and Griner are all hitting below 200. That's not ideal. Um, <laughs> ideally we would get some of those guys and other guys to start hitting more. Uh, so I guess we'll, we'll see on that one. The other one I want to talk about is your boy, Wilson Ramos. You mentioned him earlier on. Tied tied for second in the AL in homers. I feel like we talked about this leading up to the season. You don't have to have guys who are good at everything. Sometimes you just have to have guys that can hit home runs. We have a guy who can hit home runs, and I'm not hating it. I'm not hating it. El Buffalo (laughs) is fine. You know, you know, goalies like NHL goalies, and then in one hand they have the glove. Mm Mm-hmm. And in the other hand, they have the blocker, right? Which is sometimes it looks like El Buffalo is trying to catch with the blocker. He's yes. making blocker saves instead of glove saves. But yeah, hit the ball far. Chicks dig the long ball. And it's not like the DH spot is so entrenched by anybody that we can occasionally put him there uh, right. to get that. I mean, the the glove behind the dish is alarming. Like, I feel like somebody's got to be like, dog, I don't, I don't think you can do this anymore. But when the alternative is Grayson Griner, I guess dog's going to keep doing this. And it's peculiar because it's not that he doesn't have the tools to do it. He doesn't have, you know, it's, it's just seems a little awkward sometimes. Like he's kind of out of position or, and then sometimes he'll make a, like he caught that ball yesterday on the bounce that bounce way in front of home plate. And he kind of lashes his glove out and snags it. Like it's no big deal. Hucks it to second and almost gets the guy out. It's like he shows flashes of just really good athleticism and, and skills. But then sometimes the basics, like it hits the palm of his mitt and just kind of plunks down like a, 
like if it's out of a dinosaur cloaca and i don't know is it you think it's you think it's focus related i feel like that's what all of those things you say like hearing them you know one after another makes me think makes me think focus obviously i'm not inside of el buffalo's head so i can't comment for sure one way or the other you know if i was a catcher i'd just be tired all the time it's the last squatting do you know that he played for the rays for two years do you have any recollection of that no not either <laughs> looking yeah. at, looking through his career he's uh he's he had like a almost a four war season with uh the nationals a couple of years ago hmm. um i know him as a met that's about it i think he was met a met most recently all right yeah. let's move on michael fulmer uh Watching him his last yes. time out was so enjoyable. People are people are getting all you know into like is he back? Is he back? I don't I don't care. It was awesome watching Michael Fulmer look like the old Michael Fulmer. Like Michael Fulmer out on the mound is a dog. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he is a yeah. grinder. He is going to go at you. And for I don't know the better part of the last two seasons, he's almost looked like he's had one hand tied behind his back. Yeah. He looks like he has all of his which I mean, he was hurt. Like it's, it's pretty easy to to explain that one. He looks like he has his, his body back and just being able to see him be in attack mode as Keenan says, mad Mike. uh, I've really enjoyed that. So I caught the last couple innings of his outing and uh, yeah, he was just, he he seems sweaty to me, which to me was like a good sign. Like he's letting himself work, letting himself get into it and just, um, his approach has always been described as effortful. Mm-hmm. You know, he's never had this like clean effortless, you know, slinging action. He's he always seems to be muscling it up there. And I think that's when he's at his best. Um, yeah. Just let her rip bulldog, grit your teeth kind of stuff. Now you do get a little, I get a little nervous, like, okay, how long does this go? He looks just like, um, a machine that's kind of rattling <laughs> like, like some pin could come out of it. Uh, but right now it's, he's pretty impressive to watch the velocity. He's up to like 97 on the gun. Yeah. According to fan graphs, he's up over two miles an hour from last season. Did he have that pre-surgery? I don't seem to remember that kind of velocity. Yeah, had, Maybe it was upper nineties before he, but looks- that's incredible. See, you, you talk about the, the pin coming out of the, the mechanism, and I think that's pretty apt. But he looks physically a lot in a lot better shape than he did before. He's, he all looks of this. thin. Yeah, and I, I really think that that's going to be able to sustain him a little bit more. Like, okay. you, you see a guy loses all that, lose all that weight, and you, you think, like, is the velocity going to stick okay. around? And clearly it has. I think yeah. that there is a little bit more uh, give in his body than there was before. I feel like his okay. athleticism is able to come out a little bit more. Um, obviously, it's still a very intense delivery, and it's always yeah. going to make us all nervous. So, Jordan, you're you're more of a pitcher mechanics guy. I heard an interview where it wasn't a retool of his mechanics, but they were trying to get him in, in positions where it was more conducive to long-term health, I guess, and just trying to take some of the stress points out of that. I, I only know this from an interview and he was saying, you know, how he really post-surgery wanted to get himself in good positions on that stuff. Um, and that's kind of what took a while because he was focusing on those things. I, I mean, 
I, I, I don't know enough to break that down and tell you anything about that. Do you, are you buying that? I mean, is that a thing or is his, you know, inverted W or whatever the heck language, is it still just kind of a, a risk factor? I think it's all, I think it's always going to be a risk factor, but I mean, there, there's little tweaks you can do, but what okay. I really buy there is the mental aspect of it. If he's focusing on all these little tweaks, all okay. these little okay. things that he's trying to do, it's going to show. It's just like when we talked yeah. about with Casey Mize, if he's working on all these things and all of a sudden he just clears his mind and goes out and just does his it's like thing. F it. I'm burying. Yeah. Like now. that. Yeah. It is a huge thing. Like I, I remember in various points of my I mean, obviously, no comparison, much lower level. But if there's something that you're actively thinking about, when you're in the bullpen, that's cool. Like, think about it all you want. Try and get that muscle memory. But as soon as you try and bring that into the game, and that is what's, like, right here, mm-hmm. you're just going to be all over the place. And I, I think that that is I, – I, I could very easily see that having been a big part of what Michael's problem was, at least in spring training this year and potentially into last year. Well, regardless of where he's been, where he is right now is a lot of fun. Yeah, and I he looks great. Long, honestly, I don't even necessarily care about the numbers at the end of this year. If he, if we can get this Michael Fulmer to the yep. end of the year and then going into next year having a full off season to build on this, I think we'll yep. have we'll have something again. Just so everybody's safe, has a good time, and has a good has good sportsmanship. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All right, so we have a new segment this week. Uh, I'm calling former Tigers players who are doing well for themselves. So this is going to act as a little bit this of a... Is all about Andy Dirks, or... <laughs> he is doing quite well for himself, isn't he? we got to get Andy on the show. Thing. How have we not had a- sure. Andy on the show? Anyway, so I'm going to give you some facts about this player, and then you'll try and determine it's who... It's like a game. It is like, like a game. All right, he played for us between 2014 and 2017... He went to the same high school as Mike Napoli. Okay. He is a huge Walking Dead fan and was sent a commemorative bat from the show a couple years ago. Danny Worth. No. Big Tom Brady guy, like maybe too big. Um, I don't know. First big league homer came against Dontrell Willis. Cool. So he started in the National League? Yes. Um, it was 2007. Uh, I don't know. Uh, 
you collected yes a few more collected 13.2 war in his three and a half seasons with the tigers 13 war in three seasons three and a half three and a half seasons that's pretty good it is pretty good he recently had a three homer game making him a rare player who has had three homer games for three different teams mccann no Last one, and oh, you with three different teams. You should be able to handle this one. He was traded for elite prospects Jose King, Sergio Alcantara, and Dawa uh, Lugo. JD Martinez. JD Martinez off to a hot start. I think he's tied for sixth. He must be tied with with El Buffalo. Tied for sixth in the AL uh, with home runs. He's hitting like almost four hundred. Good to see Just Dingers back on it. Love that guy. Yeah. He was kind of scuffling, but now he, he he should be consistently a top ten American League hitter. Yeah, and he's he he has, he has every right to do that. Do you share the 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 optimism that we might see a reunion with him down the line? No. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. No. While we're on the the optimism and reunion thing, you got it for, Verlander, for yes. JV. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's practically, you know it's practically right there in the crystal ball and everybody's saying it. Um, yes. JV. Sure. All right, cool. Let's get to your, uh, power rankings, power rankings. Here we go. Uh, I'm kind of excited about this week's power rankings. Is it geography um, themed? Well, well, let's start there. I was driving down to the Florida and you get to see a lot of middle America. And I see a lot of signs for, uh, distilleries. And with the advent of the novel coronavirus, I've been a bit of a dabbler in the world of uh, the adult beverage, the whiskeys. But I got to tell you, there is um, there are way too many choices. There are so many choices. Like if you walk into even a Meyer or a liquor store, a party store, if you will, uh, there are so many bottles. So uh, I prefer the American a typically bourbon style of whiskey. This is a whiskey with an E. Wait, 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 wait. So you like bourbon? Yeah. Do mm-hmm. you, um, I'm assuming you're getting to this, but you put bourbon in other stuff, right? Uh, occasionally, if it's really good, I'll drink it neat. Um, I... But usually I like to uh, have like old fashions or Manhattans or whiskey sour. So, so for one of the other podcasts that I, that I do, we had a sponsor. Oh, it was Martin's Martin's count on us. Yeah, uh, right. They were the host of the, the sponsor of the show. We were interviewing their director of frozen foods, wine and spirits in person. And he brought in bottles of bourbon and you know, yes. the, you know, the little like communion glasses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He poured us a bunch of little shots of bourbon and had us just drink it straight. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Neat. not a bourbon guy. That was you, you, like a punch in burn. the face. Little burn. Yeah, hard pass. You on have that. a child's palate. There's no question. <laughs> anyway, back back to your power rankings. But yeah, you're right. There's so many choices, and um, you know maybe you're a first timer, you know, and you don't know what to get. You know, there's kind of expensive top shelf bourbons, and there's bottom shelf bourbons. Well, I, I'm here to cl- clear it up for you. I'm here. I'm here to help. I'm a, I'm a servant of the people. So I have for you, the top seven and bottom thing, bottom three things to look for when buying whiskey. All right, this is very niche, but I like it. Taking yeah, notes. Okay, here we go. Number seven is you want to look for something with a place name on it. Okay. okay? So uh, Mill Creek, maybe it's like West or the name of a state, you're going to get, you know, 
at least a seven ranking whiskey or higher, you know, something County. This is going to, this is going to be a good starting point for you. Okay. But before we move on from that, you say it's going to be a seven or higher. Is there actually like some sort of bourbon ranking system or is this just on your scale? This is on the Eric's. Okay. All right. I, just, I don't know anything these about are, these this. are things to, things to look for when buying a whiskey. Okay. Of course you can spend a lot of money and get something good, but you know, these are rules of thumb thing to look things to look for on the packaging. Okay. All right. Cool. 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 Number six, you want to look for the full name of a guy. Okay. And the older they sound, the better. That makes sense. Okay. So you, so these are like Basil Hayden, Jim Beam, Ezra Brooks, Brooks, Evan Williams, Elmer T. Lee, George Dickel, Elijah Craig, you know, the full name of a guy. It's a lot of old names. I don't know how you can yeah. tell. You, you're not going to go too wrong if you get the full name of a guy. I think either Ezra or Elmer are the choices yeah. there. Yeah. Um, number six is you want to look for a uh, a mammal of some sort on the packaging. That's how okay. I that's so, how I pick my choices for everything. Is I look yeah. for the animal on the package. This is a good place to go. It's a, it's a six tier number six tier choice, like a buffalo or a rabbit or a pig. Oh, we should Those get some, we should get a buff an El Buffalo brand bourbon. Yeah, the Buffalo. How has he missed that? That's mar that's yeah, marketing up though. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so a mammal. Uh, number four. You want something with the word old in it. So, or, or early or ancient, you know, some old. synonym. Yeah. Yeah. Old because, you know, it must be good if it's old, obviously uh, opposite of people. You're looking for the Victor Martinez's of bourbon here. Okay. You want something <laughs> a little long in the tooth. Okay. Uh, number three, uh, look for something with a bird on the packaging. Really? So bird so, ones are good. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Birds. Bird, it's a couple steps above mammal All right. for sure. Uh, so like turkey, chicken, eagle, owl. If you can find a good owl bourbon, you're going to be in good shape. I had no idea the distilleries were so animal forward. Oh, yeah. Now, number two is you want to look for the package that has just the last name. Okay. These people are famous enough where you don't need the whole name anymore. Okay. Just the last name. So Bullet or Blanton or Michters or Bookers, you know, and of course the Michigan possessive S is going to get you a long way too. All right. Okay. You're going to be in good shape. Last name only. Last name only. Yeah. Number one thing to look for on a package of bourbon or whiskey. Do you have a guess? The color of the bourbon or whiskey? No. 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 Okay. I tried. Uh, you want uh, the name of some category of aged relative. <laughs> yes. As in great if, uncle. Yeah. If you can get an uncle, uh, a granddad, a, a, a pappy, you are in really good shape. You got to look for the aged relative. I feel like pappy has to be like the, the pinnacle there. It, it is. There's a bourbon, Pappy Van Winkle, and it, is more valuable than you or I. All right. It's, it's, um, now, I will say that this has kind of a force multiplier effect. So if you can have, you know, old something or, you know, old eagle pappy or something, you know, that's that's got to be extra good. Wow, I'm learning so much tonight. Yeah, I, I'm practically an expert. 
<laughs> okay. Bottom three things that you want to look for or not look for yeah. in your, your whiskey selection. Anything that has third from the worst, anything that has rebel or redneck or something like that on the packaging. You want, you no, you don't need that. Nobody needs that. Nobody needs that. You're just buying into some cliche. Okay. Uh, two, anything with angel or devil or any kind of celestial being on it. Also you don't cliche. need that. Uh, number one, worst thing that you want to look for in a whiskey. Do you have a guess? Uh, I wouldn't even know where to start. Colors was a good guess. You don't want anything with color in it, but you certainly don't want anything with like flavor descriptors, like apple, cinnamon, maple, peach, vanilla. No, it's whiskey. It's supposed to be just the thing that it is. It doesn't need to taste like whiskey has. It's like wine. Whiskey has its own flavor overtones you don't need to force it uh yeah that's my hot alcohol takes and that's power rankings hello this is eric's mom and you're listening to the podcast Yanos. that was a good one i've like i said I've, I've learned i've learned a lot i wish i could have gone back and forth a little bit more with you but as previously mentioned the only bourbon i've had has scarred me to my core so I don't yeah. have a lot of knowledge. Yeah, just look for some kind of aged relative and you'll be you'll be just fine. I 100% will never do that, but good to know. <laughs> All right, so I have, I have a choice for you. I have two stories. One is a thing I saw on the side of the road while running and the other is an adventure in Indiana. Which do you want? I guess we could do both if you want. But have them both. All right. Fire. All right, so let's go first. Things I saw on the side of the road while running, a legit bouncy house in someone's backyard. To the you best know, to the best of my knowledge, I don't believe it was a birthday party. Like there were in a bunch of cars everywhere. I think they were just excited and had a bounce house in their backyard. They they're making like consumer bounce houses a little bit more. Really? Yeah. Man. Yeah. yeah. You got to get the moneyed elite who've got children, I guess. Based on where in South Bend I was, I don't believe that that was the situation. Uh, they probably sell them in the Aldi uh, miscellaneous aisle. I feel Get like you're, I feel like you're crapping on that aisle. That aisle is very enjoyable. You can find anything there. <laughs> right? Pregnancy tests, a socket set. Yeah. Pair, pair of rubber gloves. Pair of underwear. Sure. Probably multiple pairs. Actually, all right. And the things I saw are Adventures in Indiana. Um, did, you, I, did you go in the bounce house? Did you just like no, it was in help their, yourself? It was in their backyard. Hey, it's like that woman who would rest by your house. I mean, you just help yourself. It's fine. I completely forgot about that. So far, nobody's done that at our house down here. Hopefully that will continue. If if they say something to you, like, this is my bouncing spot. Yeah. Crazy thing is we actually have chairs out in front of our house now, and nobody stopped. We didn't have chairs at the old house, and somebody (laughs) did. Irony. So uh, I I live, as I'm sure you all know, I live in, in South Bend, Indiana, which is a Interesting test case of a city. So walking out of Kroger, ran in to get Doritos. Walking out of Kroger, you know the the testicles that hang from various um, <laughs> from various trucks when people are trying to look hard, yeah, like the plastic. Yeah. Notes. yeah, yeah, exactly. Homeboy has them like a, like a keychain size pair of testicles that is hooked to the back of his hat. You know, like the the part like where above the the snap back part of the hat. Oh, I thought you were talking about the, okay. Yeah, no, go this, ahead. this is on his, the hat on his head. Yes. So he has uh, uh keychain size testicles, two of them 
that are pinned to the back so above of the his, squatchy ab- above the squatchy on his hat. Never thought I'd see that. But I what did. does that say about a person when they have faux testicles dangling from their squatchy? I don't know. Dude was, a, dude was probably in mid-50s. I'm, mm. I'm wondering if he didn't know that they were there and somebody put them there as a joke. It's no joke. No joke to hang some nuts from your friend squatchy friends. Yeah. Also, I didn't know that, that that's guy. what it was called, but I'm, I'm glad to know now. That's what it is, the little hat button. Yeah. It took me a minute to come up with it. It's a, it's like uh, the thing on the uh, end of shoelaces, the anglet or something like that, I think it's called. We give names to things that don't need names, don't we? Yeah. Like cloaca. Uh, that one's pretty important. I think that one does <laughs> get a name. useful. <laughs> Has a lot of functions. All right. Twitter Indiana, questions. Indiana, what a great state. Uh, Indiana, what a state. Not, yeah. not sure I'm giving, uh, giving you the adjective there, but. Uh, Twitter questions. Twitter questions. Is that where we're heading? That's where we're heading. Okay. Um, I asked you find people for Twitter questions, and some of you helped a little. Thank you. Um, Lev Zuboff at the Jackpot News. Yeah, asks, one of our Russian friends. Lev Zuboff. I don't know. I, maybe he's Russian. I have Has no idea. to be. The Jackpot News isn't very Russian. Oh, that's that's how they get you. I'll get you. Do we have anyone who actually looks like they have improved since last year? Yeah, I yes. would say so. Yes. I mean, Wilson we, Ramos. We just talked about Michael Fulmer. Matt, Fulmer, Matt Boyd yeah. is head and shoulders yeah, better than he was. Sure. I didn't, I, I wanted to talk about him this week. I, we discussed this, um, but he kind of deserves more time than I had allotted uh, for the talk about him. Matthew Boyd. Matthew Boyd. So we'll, we'll yeah. talk about him more in depth next week. He was dynamite last night. Um, we, uh, he's peculiar in the sense that he doesn't have overpowering stuff, but his stuff is good when uh, he is locating it. And from that lefty angle, it, it can be baffling to hitters. I mean, it is, it is really good. Yeah. It's- he just can't get away with a ton of mistakes. Otherwise, he gets taken yard. Yes, but he had this big um, stretch with a home home run free stretch, which is so unlike last year. I'm feeling pretty good about my bold take that he wasn't going to lead the AL in home runs allowed. That's looking like a lock. There's like a lock. lot of lot of season to play. Um, my my early predictions, I felt so good about. Like there's a few of them that were kind of close. Like when Jacoby and Victor Reyes almost hit each other, and when Wilson Ramos struck out three times in a row on opening day, like I was, I was kind of feeling it. And then they all were kind of almost. It's early, but I'm pretty sure we're getting both of those. So I, I would just hang out, hang scope, on. scope at the Golden Sombrero. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's not going to be the only one this year. Let's let's be yeah. honest. Also, Gregory Soto looks better than he what he did last year. Um, yeah, there, there's a, there's actually quite a few. Yeah, stop being so negative, propagandist. Okay, Sango, Sanko Meal at Slugwizzy asks, when and where was the wildest storm you've ever been in, and did you survive? These questions are meteorology-related because we're supposed to have snow in Detroit. What? Why? I, that's right. probably not a question you can answer. Why? Well, I, I am I a meteorologist? I can pretend. Um, uh, wildest storm. When I was a kid and lived in Florida, there was a hurricane that gave us so much water it came up to the floorboards of my dad's Dodge Neon. So that that was wow. 
Like there was a storm surge or whatever? Uh, no, it's just a butt ton of rain. Oh, wow. Okay. Also, maybe a storm um, surge. I don't know. I was, I was like five. Could be. Could did be you survive? Yes. Okay. Um, so when I was maybe eight or nine, we, uh, in the summer, we were at this cottage and there was a thunderstorm and cottages, as you may know, are often by lakes and a lightning bolt hit the tree that was maybe 20 feet off the corner of the, uh, cottage. And I was in the front porch of the cottage and it sounded like a bomb went off. And just the entire tree exploded and there were tree shards everywhere. And just the flash of light and the the sound of it was, um, was something. And it smelled, it smelled like light. It smelled lightningy. Like kind of like fire smoky. I'm yes. assuming it, it just, yeah, it's, it was weird. So, uh, and my body survived my brain. I think we have heard 118 uh, episodes of evidence to suggest that maybe the brain not not so much. Yeah. yeah. Nick Holla, Nick Holler underscore 24 asks, when do you think Matt Manning will be called up? That's a good question. Um, do you think he is the next starter that gets the call? No. I don't either. And he, I mean, clearly wouldn't be called up for a bullpen role. Uh, I don't think it's going to be until very late in the season to give him a cup of coffee. I think that's all it is. For I him. could see it before September, but I don't, yeah, I agree. I, I think, don't think so. I think post post all-star break for sure. So I, I, I Yeah. And I mean, it depends how he, he pitches. We're going to have mostly a minor league season this year. So that's going to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just don't want to bring him up and, and stun his growth. If you're not going to be using him every fifth day, yeah. he, just, he just needs to pitch. My, my prediction will be a couple of, he, he'll get one or two starts late in the season. That's yeah. it. And that would be fine. I think it'd be fine. Uh, Mitch underscore from underscore MI. AKA Mitch. Yeah, Mitch. uh, Asks, you have the chance to attend and relive one past Tigers game. What game would you pick? For me, it would be either the last game on the corner, at last game on the corner, or the 06 pennant clincher. Also, I like to see potluck food power rankings and a cube be the 2022 tulip time parade grand marshal most a lot of a lot of howland energy lately in the questions do you have poll in that like could you make I that happen i mean i have the right heredity to you know pull some strings i'm imagining like a dutch mafia and that you're at the head of it am, am i am i off base there <laughs> yeah but it's just like Everybody goes around buying coffee with coupons and, you know, being frugal. Like, it's not that exciting of a mafia. It's know. mostly about saving money, not, like, making money. Sounds pretty dope. I'd be, I'd be in. It's pretty dope. Um, uh, past Tigers. Yeah, the last game at the corner, I, f- I feel like that would be a good one. You know, I, I went to... Tiger Stadium when I was real young and at the time I didn't I just assumed it would always be there and I have real visceral memories of walking through and seeing the green grass but I didn't take time to appreciate it for what it was and then when I was in you know high school when it was kind of the end of Tiger Stadium I didn't appreciate it then either because it's like 
oh, I'm a cool high school kid based, you know, whatever. And um, so I kind of resonate with that. I would like to enjoy Tiger Stadium before they took it down. As a very, I was there, I think the seventh to last game, because they had like numbers that they would pull down. I'm okay, not, I remember sure. that. I was I was very, very young. Um, sure. But I, I, that was my first Tigers game in any capacity yep. was that, that year. Um, but I feel like this is a bit of a, a basic B answer, but it's it's the Mags homer to send them to the World Series sure. for me. Like that's yep. probably the best sports moment of my life so far. Yeah, you notice we're bending towards stuff that happened in our lifetime because obviously we have fond memories of it. But like the World Series clin- clinchers – you know, in 68 and, and 84, I mean... I don't know. What, what, was there anything good about the world before 1989? I don't think so. I think I think from there on out is what I'm looking at. When when you came along, it just got a lot better. Definitely. Music stopped sucking, that's for sure. What do you know? You don't ever listen to music. That's true. Good point. Yeah, you would know. There, there was no Yoder. podcast before I was born, so... Brett Yodi asks, More lives, Cats or Harold Castro? Harold Castro hitting Harold. He keeps hitting again. <laughs> Nobody else could hit. Um, what's his face? Bassett. Yeah. Besides Harold, uh, him. Harold had three hits. Something like that. Yeah. Nobody else could hit him. I mean, if you're, if you're pulling our, our top nine hitters right now, somehow Harold is in that list. So it's... Harold is, Harold is the kind of horse you want to pull in the plow. He's not going to barrel race. He's not going to run win you the Kentucky Derby, but he is going to um, he's gonna he's gonna help your farm. I'm glad you explained that metaphor because I had no idea what that meant. He's a plow horse. He's a Belgian. Okay. Uh, Smoko on the water at Ocho Blinko asks, "Where are people coming up with these names?" Uh, Cecil Fielder is a thunderstorm. Alan Trammell is a tornado. What would Mickey Tettleton be? All right, you're on your own there. Uh, the doldrums. <laughs> okay. Because, you know, he just he just stands there. Nothing's happening. Well That's all I got. My time. Wow. Mickey Tettleton. He had a very distinctive approach at the plate. Very, to say calm and no moving pieces would be an understatement. The dude was a statue. Think Larish, Jeff Larish, but kind of extreme. Are you old enough to remember Jeff Larish? I am. I'm Stunned that Jeff Larish got a mention on tonight's show. <laughs> why? Why shouldn't he? When do you think the last time he got a mention on on a Tigers related uh, bit of content is? Mickey Tettleson was a more stoic Jeff Larish. If that tells you anything. Okay, Lee Thompson at Lee T Sports asks: How many years does Victor Reyes have to stay on the roster as a Rule Five pick? I feel like um, this is tongue in cheek. Yeah, I I feel like there's a technical answer and then there's maybe what he's getting at. The technical answer is he doesn't have to. You could send him down to Toledo. Once you've once you've uh seasoned the storm of that first rule 5 year, they can kind of do with you what you want as long as you're under team control. Um but maybe you're hinting at just the faithfulness to having carried him. Um here here's the thing with Victor He's shown flashes of brilliance too. What was it? Oh, uh, in 19, he was like our third best hitter. Here's the thing now, with Victor Reyes. Nobody else we have is any good either. 
Like everyone has yeah. the pet guy that they don't like, and that's completely fine. But look <laughs> right. up and down the roster. There yeah. are no yeah. better options. Everyone yeah, what are you going to do? Run, run up Derek Hill? Yeah. And let him. He is not know, good. Who else do you want? <laughs> I mean, I have, I have no mm-hmm. issues with you hating on, on Victor Reyes. That's completely fine. But right. many of our players are suboptimal. He, who we have are the least bad options. Yeah. It's like picking a presidential candidate. Like they're the least bad ones that we have. Let's not get political. (laughs) It was, it was a joke. Settle settle down. It was a joke. Oh, things are a little testy around here. Not as testy as that guy's hat, but still a little testy. (laughs) Calico Joe at Calico Joe MLB asks, Important Tigers question slash idea. Can you do a deep dive on where the old hot dogs Tigers vendor is now? I'm sure others remember him, and it might be an interesting story. This is like the Tigers opera guy or singing Tiger hot dog guy. You remember him? I do, actually. And one thing I'm positive of is that the story is not interesting. Wherever he is right now, it is not interesting. So he was on Twitter for a long time and posted a lot of stuff. His name is Charlie. I don't know his last name. That's a name that makes sense for him. But I think he also worked at like a men's clothing store. And he was, he took his, he took his job very seriously and he took seriously, very seriously, his commitment to mustard and not ketchup. And I couldn't quite tell if it was um, a little bit of a caricature that he was playing or if he truly felt it, but he kind of took his commitment to mustard only to some pretty extreme levels. I have no issues with a a hot dog vendor playing a caricature. Like that's fine with me. And I couldn't quite tell if it was leaning into a character or if he, his commitment to mustard ran so deep. Like it, it hurt his interpersonal relationships. He probably would hate me. I don't like either ketchup or mustard on my dogs. I don't either. I, this is where I have a child's palate. I don't, I don't like mustard on my dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's it. That's Twitter questions. Thank you for trying. You're not going to insult them tonight. Like you did last week. They, they did their best. They're the least bad. They're the, the least bad options we have. What up, fam? This is, of course, your boy Jordan here to tell you about one of my all-time favorites, Moot's Pizzeria and Bar. It is the only authentic New York pizzeria in the Motor City and has become a staple in the Detroit pizza scene. You know me. I don't play when it comes to pizza, and this is where it's at. Amongst the best of the best that they have to offer are favorites like Garlic Knots, the Uptown and the Bronx Pizza, Gemelli Pasta, and that Chocolate Lava Cake is hotter than Andrew Romine in April. And they have some killer cocktails and a great beer and wine selection. Stop in with friends for a few pies and grab an authentic slice from the slice counter. It's going to be an instant favorite. Visit MootsPizzeria.com to learn more or to place an order. And don't forget, they validate two hours of parking in Lot Z. Tell them Jordan and Eric sent you. (laughs) Oh, Eric. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can on Twitter. I am at Hosted by Jay Hall. Eric is at Eric Wayne's Brain. The show is at Podcastianos. Eric, I do want to. I want to throw a special shout out to you. You did invest in the microphone. You have oh, yeah. a what is it called? A snowball. It's a. I'm looking at it. It's a snowball ice microphone. It's kind of retro, and it does look like a white snowball, and uh, it's pretty. That's why I bought it. 
Yeah, that's definitely. Uh, you so eloquently put it that it won't make us professional. It will make professional yeah. sounding podcasts. Is the that the box said professional sounding podcast? So, hey, uh, if you can't if you can't have them good, they can at least sound good. Yeah, that's uh, that's profound. Mm-hmm. Anything else to say to the people before we get out of here? Uh, did you know that? Only eight companies make 90 plus percent of the U.S. whiskey. I did not. So this is like entertainment where Sony and Disney own like 95% of the market share. What you All that stuff that you're looking at on the shelves is produced by some uh, international, multinational conglomerate. So it doesn't really matter. Unless you're Just talking about taste. For, like, just look for something with a bird on it. You'll be fine. Always look for something with a bear on it. Yeah, that would be good too. Or a dude with no teeth. It just tells you big capitalism getting getting you coming and going. Yeah, from the European right, comrades, from the European Super League <laughs> all the way down to bourbon. All right, gotcha. Enough nonsense. Enough buttholes. Let's get out of here for the week. Uh, until next week, uh, eat them up, tigers. Eat them up. Goodbye. Yeah, I saw that article. I'm like, we should probably talk about buttholes on the show this week. <laughs> I'm glad we didn't connect it to cuddling with Ron Gardner. <laughs> My mom actually asked me about that one. She's like, you guys talked about cuddling with Gardner on the show? Like, sure did. This has been a production of the Alpha Dog Podcast Network. Find more shows at alphadogagency.com slash podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 